This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast, the official podcast of RaidersBeat.com. What's up, Raider Nation? This is Wayne Mabry, a.k.a. The Violator, and you're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast Show. Get your ears on and get some of this. Yeah! What's up, Raider Nation? It's been a pretty wild week on Raiders Twitter, uh, but we're getting after it. Joined as always with me, episode 17, my buddy Chris. What's going on, man? Cody, what's going on, man? Raider Nation, how you feeling? It's been, uh, like Cody said, a crazy week. Uh, you know, a lot of, lot of rumors flying around, a lot of possibilities coming up with free agency. I'm really excited to dive into it and uh, lock it in. Yes, sir. And as always, weekly, we're always trying to make improvements. And lately, we've been putting a little extra time into our live streams on Friday nights. Make sure you're checking them out. If you're tuning into the podcast, make sure you follow us on Twitter, turn the notifications on, and check out our live stream. It's almost every Friday night. We're giving away some cool stuff. This last Friday, someone got a, a free T-shirt from DC4L Custom Tees. Uh, we got another cool prize coming up this week. So stay tuned. Things are getting interesting. And uh, Chris, you ready to jump into some announcements, man? Let's go. First off, we want to send out our condolences to Black Fox Raider on Twitter, man. He was a diehard Raider fan coming out of Canada. Uh, Raiders Twitter's nuts, man. Uh, just know, I mean, 41 years is still too young. But just know that you're in a better place now. And I hope you get to have a chat with Al Davis for us, man. Rest in peace. As city officials and the Raiders wrap up the details of the stadium lease agreement, there have been a few holdups. Expect an official announcement soon, but at this point, still nothing is official. The Raiders have re-signed offensive guard Denzel Good to a one-year, $1.8 million extension. And also, after originally tendering Eric Harris, signed him to a two-year deal worth up to $6.5 million, with $2.5 million guaranteed. The Raiders have tendered two restricted free agents, cornerback Daryl Worley and running back Jalen Richard, who both received the second-round tender of $3.1 million for 2019. The Raiders have exercised their exclusive rights tenders on kicker Daniel Carlson and linebacker Jason Cabinda. The franchise tag window has opened up this week, and as expected, a lot of big names came off the market. Names like Demarcus Lawrence, Frank Clark, J. Devion Clowney, D. Ford, Grady Jarrett, um, all big-time defensive linemen that Raider Nation was keeping their eye on. And then, of course, the 49ers came in, and they tagged a freaking kicker. Robbie Gold. And of course, Chris, as usual, it's been a crazy week for Raider rumors. Lots of stuff being speculated. 
Antonio Brown we're sitting around waiting for. He could be traded. Coleccio Simile possibly on the trade block. Uh, John Gruden apparently has been both very high on Kyler Murray and has been bad talking him now at the same time. Those reports constantly clashing. Um, but it's been swirling, man. It's, it's been crazy wild, and I don't want to get too far into it. And uh, I think we should – we're better off saving that for Kenny, man. We're going to save that for real talk later. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I definitely uh, want to address the Johnny Menzel situation. It's kind of some Ooh. rumblings about him and uh, Gruden possibly being interested in his services, which – you know, if it's, uh, you know, for, for the right reasons, I would be interested in it. He's a really talented player, and if he comes at a really low cost. But uh, we can hit that again later with Kenny. But I think that's something that's intriguing on the kind of uh, lower end of the rumor mill for sure. Yeah, that immediately brings up uh, two past things. I guess what you could say we'd somehow be tied together. You see John Gruden was very high on him during Derek Carr's draft in 2014. And, of course, kind of whenever Johnny Manziel had his first spiral out of the NFL Derek Carr kind of reached out to him and said, hey, man, if you ever need any help, I'm around if you want to work. But, of course, I don't think that ever happened. Went to the Canadian League. But we'll, we'll dive into that more a little bit later, man. But as rumors were swirling this week, Chris, I got to say uh, it was a perfect timing to bring in one of my favorite Twitter followers, Benjamin Albright. Great guy. He, he, he breaks into some news. He gets some, some good insight for us. And I can't say uh, – like I said, it's it's perfect timing for him, man. You ready to ready to get him on the phone? Absolutely, I'm a big fan of Ben. Uh, you know his insight, uh, information he has, and he's just a really kind of humorous guy to follow. So I'm looking forward to to talking with him. Cool. Let's give him a call. All right. So now we have special guest on the phone, an NFL insider, Ben Albright. If you don't follow Ben on Twitter, uh, he's definitely a big NFL personality. Um, and he's coming out of enemy territory here, man, Denver, Colorado. And with all the Raiders rumors floating around, um, I see I see him engaging in a lot of Raider talk. thought it would be a good time. Ben, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm kind of, uh, I guess I'm kind of twice over the enemy uh, because I live in Denver, but I grew up a Chiefs fan. So I think that oh. makes, me, uh, makes me twice the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, man. Hey. This will be the one time we we allow something like this just for you. Man, just for you. <laughs> we'll call uh, we'll call for parlay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> and you know even even just with that man, I I still think you're uh, a must follow on Twitter even for Raider fans. Uh, I love your hilarious Twitter beefs, dude. And and more so your football opinion and insight, which to me, you know, whenever I see your stuff, it, it's special. There's something different about it. Uh, ben, would you be able to tell us maybe or describe how you go about your business compared to others in your field of work? Um, well, I, I, I guess I just try to be me. Um, you know, I, I, I think I approach things a little differently than other people. Um, I don't, you know, I love the game. I love the game of football and being around football. And so, you know, I try to always approach it from that angle rather than the angle of, you know, what benefits me or what benefits, uh, you know, a team I would root for or something like that. And so, um, you know, I think that I hope anyway that that gives me some, a, a unique perspective. Um, if not, it could just be a bunch of self delusion, and I, you know, I might be full of it. Who knows? <laughs> ben, uh, I've been a follower of yours on Twitter for quite some time. Really appreciate your work. Um, and I also can remember back when you know Derek Carr was a younger quarterback, and uh, how much you would defend him. How much you know you were a fan of his his play and. Um, you know, and even before his breakout 2016 season. So I definitely remember that. Um, when you kind of look at it now, he's five years into his career. Um, what do you project 
for him moving forward? Uh, you know, what, what kind of player do you think he is and, and, the, and a player that you think he can become? Well, I, I think he's, he can be a quite good quarterback. We've seen that out of him before. You just need the right setup and the right system and some continuity. And that's something that Derek really hasn't had for a lot of his career. Uh, constant offensive coordinator turnover, head coach turnover, offensive turnover. And, you know, for a quarterback, especially a young quarterback, continuity is such a big thing, developing those relationships and, um, you know, knowing where your guys are going to be. Um, Peyton Manning, you know, I had, the, <laughs> I had the unique pleasure of getting to, to watch him for a few years. And, um, you know, up close, and he was such a, you know, such a precise guy that 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 was how he got away with not having to develop relationships with these guys. Is that they practice every inch, every footstep, every angle of the cut, and he knew where his guys were going to be. And so even when his physical skill set had deteriorated, he knew where to put the ball because he knew precisely where those guys were going to be. And so for Derek, you know, Derek hasn't had the opportunity to to do that. Uh, you know, a content, how many coordinators have we been through now? Uh, how many, how many head coaches? Um, yeah. So it's, you know, it's really, it's really something that I think um, if he can get stability in year two, if, if he is kept around and uh, they can get some stability in year two, he showed some signs in the back half of last season of really starting to get it, you know, with the Gruden system. So I, I think he can be, uh, you know, to make a short story very long, I, th- I think he can be uh, very good. I think he can be a top 12 quarterback in the NFL and, um, you know, I hope that he uh, he attains that. There you go. And speaking of John Gruden, what do you think uh, the general opinion is of Chucky around the league? Um, you know, I think it's kind of popular to laugh. Uh, it's kind of trendy to you know to laugh at Gruden because of some of his decisions seem to kind of uh, zig when everybody else is zagging. Um, yeah, in yeah. the interest of full dis- full disclosure, I you know I worked for John for a year in Tampa, so um, I you know I, I I tend to favor him. I tend to think that you know he knows what he's doing. Um, but you know I, I think um, I think the Raiders are going to be fine. I, I think that you know people didn't understand the Khalil Mack situation. I think there was more going on behind the scenes there with ownership that maybe people didn't know uh, and so it's it became trendy you know nationally to laugh at john and and, and so oh, he's the old school throwback he the game has passed him by stuff which of course is nonsense john's you know a student of the game he's been studying the game for years but um you know i who, who cares what the national perspective is the results will speak for themselves <laughs> yeah, no I, I really appreciate that insight i actually really respect it a lot and uh kind of going forward now uh we've covered Derek. we've covered john now, when we're looking at the draft, uh, do you think the Raiders are ready to draft a quarterback, and what round do you think is realistic for him? Well, <clears throat> if it were me, I, I, I would personally stick with Derek. Um, that, that would be what I would do. Uh, but now we're getting that out of the way. I, I know that John is very, very high on Kyler Murray. I know that he thinks very highly of him. Uh, he made no secret of that. Um, when he was uh, when he was up in the Senior Bowl, that there were two or three quarterbacks in his draft he, he really liked, and Kyler was one of them. Drew Locke was one of them. Um, so, you know, John hasn't had the greatest success with developing young quarterbacks, but uh, the veterans that he's had, he's always kind of, you know, done a better job with. Um, you know, I, I think that the Raiders will probably take one at some point. Um, you know, I know when I was talking to him back at the Senior Bowl, he had this crazy plan where he was going to get Antonio Brown and he was going to sign Le'Veon Bell and they were going to draft Kyler Murray and, that you know, that kind of thing. I, I don't know how much of that is still – um, something that's realistically attainable, but and it was something they had discussed fairly openly, um, you know, with new general manager Mike Mayock. So, 
you know, I, I still think Antonio will probably come out there. Uh, they may even sign Lev Bell, but uh, I don't know if they're going to be in a position to draft Kyler. Okay, okay. Now, am I the only one that for some reason thinks that, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of analysts even passed over Baker Mayfield last year, kind of, you know, let him slip through the cracks a little bit. It seemed like, now, do you think that people are kind of overhyping Kyler Murray because of so many missing on Baker Mayfield? Well, that's exactly what I think. Um, as, you know, as the guy who kind of led the charge on Baker being QB1 last year, um, the, the, the same thing with Kyler kind of baffles me because they're not similar quarterbacks. Um, yeah, they come from the same school, but uh, they're almost – you know, polar opposites in terms of what they bring to the table. Uh, Kyler's hyper-athletic, um, but if you go back and look at the tape, you know, what the first thing that jumps out at you on the Oklahoma tape is, is that Oklahoma tried to compensate for Kyler's height deficiencies with a couple little tricks. Uh, one, they widened the splits in their offensive line, uh, and, and that's well and good uh, because you got to see through the splits. You got That's how you're, as a quarterback, you're not seeing over your line. You're really seeing through the splits, but <clears throat> having uh, having wider splits helps with that at the collegiate level if you have a, um, a, a talent superiority. But the NFL, there's so much parity. You, you can't do that. If you widen your splits in the NFL, they're just going to double-A gap you to death and, and your quarterback's going to get sacked. Uh, and then the other thing that they did was they dropped Kyler deeper in his drop. A lot of stuff where he was dropping back would have been the equivalent of you know, almost a seven-step drop in the NFL. And, and the problem with the depth of a drop that far is anyone who's ever watched a Mike Bart's offense is you put your quarterback right in the team of the arc in the, in the edge rush. So you're putting your quarterback right in the position to get sacked that way. Um, so, you know, Kyler has, you know, elite athleticism and that kind of helped him out, you know, in doing that. So I'm not saying that Kyler can't be successful in the NFL. I'm just saying that the things that they did to make him successful in Oklahoma aren't really replicable in the NFL. Mm, mm, okay. Makes sense. And uh, I want to wrap this up on one last topic here, Ben. Of course, as we're recording tonight, the hottest topic on Raiders Twitter uh, and in Raider Nation is Antonio Brown. Would you be able to give us the latest on that? What's going on with it? Uh, I think it's going to happen. Uh, unless somebody swoops in here last minute, I think it's going to happen. The problem is, is that John and Mike Mayock don't want to give up uh, what the Steelers are asking for because they know they're going to have to um, pay Antonio on, on a you know on a new contract, and it's going to be probably eighteen million a year. Um, is what he's asking for. So, you know, there's, there's kind of a, you know, a little bit of a battle here in terms of, you know, what is fair compensation, but what is the deduction on fair compensation in an effort to make up for the fact that they're going to have to pay, uh, you know, in order to, um, in, in order to keep him, they're going to have to get that contract extension. So, I think it's going to get done. Um, I, I think, you know, sooner than later, I think Antonio Brown will be a Raider. Um, and I think the, the compensation is going to be somewhere around a second, a fourth. Uh, I don't know if those are even necessarily going to be in the same year. Um, but I, I think that's ballpark what it's going to be. And, um, you know, everything that I've heard was that it was trending in that direction, had been trending in that direction for a while. Um, when the Buffalo stuff came out, I was kind of stunned because, you know, I had talked to some people close to Antonio and, um, he he had said he was never going to suit up for the for the bills. So uh, the idea when that came report came out, it kind of floored me. I was wondering what the change of heart was, and come to find out there wasn't a change of heart. So um, I still think it's going to be the Raiders. Um, you know, I, I I don't know. I think it'll be in the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, everything I have is like I said is trending in that direction. But um, you know, it, it, some of these things with all these moving parts, sometimes things can change at the drop of a dime. So. Uh, ben, I wanted to um, I wanted to ask you. You know, obviously, there's been a lot of uh, 
smoke and mirrors throughout this process. It seemed like there was a lot of teams that were, you know, supposed to be involved. And then there was some other things that came out saying that those teams were never really involved. I don't know if they were just kind of poking their head in and seeing what was going on, but weren't really serious about it. Um, was that just maybe a lot of Pittsburgh trying to kind of build a, more of a market for him? And then also I wanted to ask a back half question. What is it about the Raiders that's so appealing to Antonio, whereas he wouldn't go to Buffalo, but he would come to Oakland? Well, a couple of things. Um, one, um, you know, let's, let's start from the beginning there. With the, with the other team stuff, I think a lot of that was actually media-driven. I think that people were uh, and do attempt to connect dots and uh, portray that as insider information rather than actually having insider information. Uh, and I see it a lot these days. You know, there's, you, you'll see me on Twitter, you know, kind of calling somebody out for stuff because uh, I, I can tell the difference. I can look at somebody and I can tell when they're being uh, just vague enough to make something look like it's a report when really it's a bunch of guesswork. And yeah. I can tell you that the Denver Broncos were never at any point in on Antonio Brown, despite reports. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals got mentioned a lot because he was working out with uh, some Arizona Cardinals, but he was, they're not, they were not, um, you know, maybe they have lately, but they were not interested as of a week ago. Um, some of the other teams that were, you know, in there, they, they mentioned the Packers that was never going to happen. Um, you know, Buffalo, he was never going to suit up for. So uh, this whole, you know, report that there was half a dozen teams or whatever, is just a bunch of malarkey. Um, now Pittsburgh's trying to gen up a market. Of course they are, but uh, you know, I feel like that that was more, media narrative than it was the steep the Steelers, they don't, they don't really have a history of doing that kind of stuff and trying to try to use smoke and mirrors. They're a pretty straightforward organization. So, uh, and then the second half of the question, uh, well, there's a couple of different things. There's a respectability there with the offensive process and John Gruden, uh, whereas Brian Dable really doesn't kind of have that same cachet. Um, the other part of that is, believe it or not, is a, is a money thing. Uh, he didn't want to go to Buffalo because he didn't want New York state taxes. Now, uh, yes, he would have to spend state taxes for a year in Oakland, but the Las Vegas, the, the Nevada state taxes are nil. So, uh, he will save himself a significant amount of money, uh, for the final two years of that deal. Uh, if he, you know, if, and when he would sign with the Raiders and then they would move to Las Vegas. There we go. Could even be a little bargaining chip for us. And uh, I appreciate you taking the time here tonight for us, Ben. If for an, some unfortunate reason uh, any of our listeners aren't following you already on Twitter, how can they find you, man? Oh, they can unfollow me at Albright NFL. <laughs> at, uh, my Twitter account's dumpster fire. They don't need to get involved in that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll point them all your direction, man. It's perfect time oh, for that. Man. Ben, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Oh, no problem, guys. Anytime. You're the man, Ben. See you, bro. Dang, Chris. That was a as usual, I mean, I don't have a whole lot of bad things to say about any of the guests that we've had on here, but for sure, Ben Albright, one of my favorites, he came in, and uh, he wasted no time, man. He gave us a lot of good information, and very respectful, dude. What do you think? Man, he was really detailed. I, I really seemed like a, he seemed a down-to-earth, humble guy, yeah. and uh, willing to kind of open up to let us know kind of some, uh, you know, behind-the-scenes stuff of, you know, why things were playing out the way they were playing out. Really appreciate him coming on, really knowledgeable guy, and uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, because I can't say if I ever got to his level, I don't know that I'd ever be able to go to a, a Bronco or a Chief podcasting and give him that much effort. I can tell you that it, it's uh, it was pretty selfless of him, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, uh, thanks again, Ben Albright. But we're gonna roll off of kind of what we we're just talking about, Antonio Brown, and we don't want to hit on this too much, man, because you know we're recording this Saturday night. We don't know exactly when things are gonna fall into place. It could take longer, um, but things could happen anytime. 
but we do want to kind of state our opinion on this. We talked about it a little bit in the live stream, Chris, um, but obviously, like you said, you know, he's looking for a contract anywhere between 18 to 20 mil a year. Um, probably, you know, it's going it, to, it'll most likely fall somewhere right there in the middle if a trade does go through and he does work something out. Um, I'm leaning to the good side of that. I say pull the trigger. Chris, what do you think about it? Honestly, when, when you break it down, I understand that part of the appealing part to us um, as fans, we were like, hey, you know, his contract's probably going to cost us, I don't know what the number was, like 13, 15 million next year. And that's really appealing. And Antonio Brown's an elite player. What a great price. Truth be told, the Raiders probably fully understood long before we did um, when they were getting into this that Antonio Brown was going to want another contract. So yeah. the fact that they entered talks, as Ben was kind of alluding to, they knew that going in. And I am perfectly okay with paying Antonio Brown 18 or $19 million a year. I understand that's not a popular opinion. I know a lot of people are backstepping. They're already a little hesitant on the whole thing with AB. And then the that money part is scaring them. But to me, what, what else are the Raiders going to do with that money? Are, are they are they really going to be able to take that $19 million and get another elite player like a, a, to the top notch of Antonio Brown at a position of absolute need. Absolutely. Um, it's as good of a fit as he would be. The answer is probably not. Okay. No. And they have still other money to spend on free agents. They have their draft picks slew of talent coming in on a cost controlled draft pick contract. So to me, I'm okay with paying them and hopefully they don't have to give up a first round pick obviously. And I doubt they will, but um, if you're giving away a day two pick, maybe another day three pick, paying them $18 million a year for arguably the best receiver in the game, I mean, I'll sign off on that all day. So, bam, right here, right in the middle of recording this podcast, news dropped. We had to drop what we were doing. We were right in the middle of hitting this thing. If you follow us on Twitter, you saw us hit the live stream. We got after it on Periscope. We couldn't wait, man. We had to get the reaction from Raider Nation, but we're back to business. We had a little, uh, just, you know, a pretend uh, intermission here on the podcast. And I know we just talked to Ben Albright about it. He was pretty optimistic about it. We just gave our quick opinion on it, Chris. We were on board, and guess what, man? It happened, bro. It, we had Antonio Brown, bro. Business. Business is booming, man. Dude, I'm telling Let's you. go. Let's I'm go, man. I'm so, I'm so excited, Cody. Uh, we have, you know, an elite player at a position of extreme need now. And, uh, you know, he's one of the best football players in the game, regardless of position. And I'm completely and totally fine with what we're paying him. He deserves to be the highest paid uh, wide receiver in the game. Yeah. And uh, and to give up a third and a fifth to still have those four picks in the top 35 is insane. And I'm so thrilled. Credit to John Gruden. Credit to Mike Mayock for probably holding Gruden, Gruden to stay in discipline. And uh, I'm really happy for the Raiders organization. You guys, Raider Nation. And then Derek Carr, too. He deserved a, a big-time talent oh, yeah. like Antonio Brown. And, and congrats to A.B. Because yeah. he's never worn a uniform as slick and cool as a silver and black. So <laughs> He's already soaking it up, too, man. He's already soaking it up. But here's the thing, man. What what makes me so excited is everybody that had a negative opinion on it, of course, was thinking that we're gonna we're gonna do something dumb. We're just gonna throw our first round pick at him anyways, even though it seemed like we were competing with ourselves here for this for this trade. But dude, I mean, 
when you look at it, of course, everyone's thinking, we're in rebuild mode. Why would we go after a wide receiver like that? You know, look at our draft capital right now. We have four picks within the top 35. There is no reason that we cannot get four rookies that immediately impact this team. Plus Antonio Brown, elite wide receiver. Plus we still have free agency to dip into. I mean, this isn't rebuild anymore, Chris. This is, I mean, they're in playoff mode. I mean, we're, it, was a, we're, it was a retool. It was oh, a retool. Yeah. Last year was a was a retool year, and uh, you know we have a slew of young talent coming in at cost control contracts, like we were talking about earlier, and we have an allotment of salary cap space for free agency. And what better way to spend a chunk of that money on the best wide receiver in the NFL? So I have no problem with it whatsoever. And I feel like the draft capital we gave up was was a pretty good deal for the Raiders. And, you know, we were we were talking about it on the Periscope. And we were talking about it, you know, just me and you. And I'm going to say it for the podcast. The Raiders basically traded Amari Cooper, a third-round pick, and a fifth-round pick for Antonio Brown mm-hmm. and a first-round pick. Think about that for a minute. dude. Think about that. And by the way, you can't talk about the money part because if we were going to keep Coop, we would have had to pay him $17 million a year real quick anyway. Yeah, he's watch. Cowboys 14. will pay him that much. Yeah, he's making 14 this coming year on his fifth-year option, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. And they're probably going to cash him out in Dallas. Into the, He's probably going to beat Antonio Brown's dollars per year record, to Agreed. be completely yeah. and totally honest with you. I guarantee you Amari Cooper's sitting somewhere happy right now because – he knows that he's going to be cashing out. So yeah. not that he's as good as AB, but that's just how it's going to work. So at the end of the day, you can't say money-wise it was a bad move. Uh, and to have AB for three more years, I think he'll definitely be very good to elite. And uh, I'm excited for it. No complaints over here, man. No complaints. Of course, I was a little worried. I was going to be a little skeptical. I was okay with giving up that second-round pick. I'd have been cool with it. But, to, man, to keep that thing and be so excited to get through day one, Loaded with some draft picks. Launch off day two with another guy that might as well dang near be another first-round draft pick. Things are things are trending upward for the silver and black. I'm excited. You guys should be excited. Chris, I know, is excited. And, man, where where do I order my jersey, man? Where's my number 84 brown jersey at, man? I can't Get wait, it going. man. Get brown it going, or man. booming. Cody and I were talking about getting two, one that says business and one that says booming. I tell you what, so, man. That might hey, have to happen. And you heard it here first, so I don't want to see no idea stealers out there. I don't want to see no idea stealers, man. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna launch this thing off. Look for us week one, business and booming. I'm telling you, doing doing the dang thing. Yeah. We'll be at the opener at the Collie this year, so. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we're amped. We're rolling into it. I hope you caught the Periscope live stream. Uh, we're gonna be getting back into it again for free agency coming up soon. All right, Chris, let's take a minute to show some love to the supporters that help make this show happen. Raider Nation, make sure you check out Dan from DC4L Custom Tees. Dan's been with us since day one. He carries all the Raider Cody podcast gear. And not just our gear, he has his own line of custom Raider shirts. There's a hot topic going down in Raiders world. Guarantee you he's got a shirt that's dropping soon. My personal favorite is the felonious fan shirt. It perfectly represents our fan base. And as Raiders fans, it's time we just rep it proud, man. 
Next, make sure you check out rnforlifer.com. That's Raider Nation for Lifer. He has a lot of custom little accessories that you normally wouldn't think about, so you have to visit his website. But he has custom pins, custom patches. I've seen custom shoes. And my favorite is he has a full-blown custom Raider Nation flag, and it's the real deal. It's not your typical Amazon flag. This thing is full-stitched, full-embroidered. That's a guy you definitely got to check out. You can find him on Instagram and Facebook, but go to his website. That's rn4lifer.com. And our newest supporter. Make sure you check out Made by Tony Perez. You can find him only on Instagram at Made by Tony Perez. He does custom metal artwork, CNC, plasma cut, aluminum signs. I mean, he does signs. I've seen trailer hitches. And if you feel like finding out more, feel free to call him. That's 209 756 1830. But if you have any questions on where to find these guys, go to RaiderCody.com and I have links to each one of their pages. Now let's quit messing around and let's get back to the show. And uh, one thing too, we had we had a little interaction on Twitter. Uh, a, a listener of ours wanted to ask me and Chris um, exactly how we became Raider fans, and uh, it's kind of hard, you know. What does Twitter give us? Hundred and eighty characters or something like that. It's definitely not enough to uh, try and explain and go in depth and and tell you exactly how we became fans. So, Chris, do you want to kick this thing off, man? And and how did you become a Raider fan? And how did you uh, how did you get trapped in this dysfunctional relationship? <laughs> Man, that's uh, that's a good question. Uh, well, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be 30 in August, so I'm enjoying the last few months of my 20s. But old back when I was about uh, five years old, um, I can still remember it uh, really well. Uh, my mom had got me this Arizona Cardinals like sandpaper jersey and this plastic helmet and these mm-hmm. pants. You know, the whole youth setup. And I had a football and there's a beanbag in the living room and I'd run over it. And my brother Ricky came over. He's 17 years older than me. So at the time, he was in his early 20s. Um, he's like, here, come on, let's go on the TV right now. I'm going to show you what a real team looks like. <laughs> and I remember like being so confused about what he was talking about because I thought my uniform was you know, a cool little setup. He put on the silver and black, the Raiders. And from that moment on, I fell in love with them. Um, imagine if any of you guys have kids, you know, I have a couple myself, my son is going to be four really soon. And I can't imagine him in a year being obsessed with a professional football team. Like I was with the Raiders. So from that point on, I had to watch them every weekend. And, um, so whether I was with my mom and my dad or my dad, you know, I was, they were divorced. Um, when I'd spend weekends with my dad had to watch the Raiders and I was at home with my mom had to watch the Raiders. And, uh, if they weren't on TV, I'd sit Indian style in front of the TV and watch the ticker <laughs> at the bottom. Uh, so it, it, the obsession never went away um, all throughout, you know, up until now. And here I'm here. I am like a total fanboy on a podcast, you know, enjoying my time <laughs> talking about the Raiders. But honestly, it's never wavered. Um, my first favorite player was Terry McDaniel it was the first jersey I ever had. And uh, Charles Woodson, Tim Brown, Rich Gannon. And from there, it, it evolved even more so. Um, you know, I'm, it's, it goes back to when I was really young, man. I've been a Raider fan for life. So, uh, but what about you, Cody? How did you fall in love with the silver and black? What moment was it? What year was it? Talk to me, man. Well, I wish I could say it, it, it you kind of gave me like a little, it's like a fairy tale story there, man. That was actually really nice. I mean, he kind of, you broke into your fandom, uh, really easy Came from and, the heart, man. Came it from was, the heart. It was true. that was, that was good, man. And, and I wish I could say something that was similar to that, but mine was a little bit, a little bit more of a rough start, um, I guess you could say. I, I had something similar to you. I got kicked off 
with my little plastic locker, my Napoleon Kaufman locker. Had the jersey, had the plastic helmet ready to go. I still have pictures from back in the day rocking the uniform, man. Had I mean, it had the, the full nine yards. And uh, finally, you know, my dad's a, a pretty diehard fan. I mean, I wouldn't say that he digs into it as crazy as we are, but he's kind of just that normal Raider fan that just cheers to win the game, just flat out doesn't dig into him throughout the rest of the week. But I guarantee you he has the silver and black on his television every Sunday. And finally, my dad took me to a game when I was about 12 years old. I believe we played the Browns. And unfortunately, it resulted in a loss. Well, I'll tell you, I still love the game. I still love the experience. I think my very first game, I even got to meet the infamous Violator. And here we are, man, of course, uh, you know, 13, 14 years later. And he's part of the introduction to our podcast. You know, it, it's kind of cool how that evolved. But I'll tell you, after that game, um, we, we were hooked on it. My dad loved taking me. The next eight straight games, man, we lost every single one of them. Went to eight games. We didn't win one of them. And it got to the point to where even through some of these, I mean, this is, of course, you know, starting whenever I was maybe in 2004, 2005. So it's through some of our darkest years at that point. And it just kind of, for some reason, tied me. I mean, that's kind of why maybe I say, you know, I'm really optimistic even on Twitter. Because I wasn't, you know, completely plugged in the last time we were extremely successful. I've, I've been living through this dysfunction for a long time. To whenever I see this, this little bit of stability, it just, it, it gives me a good feeling. So that's kind of why these last few years, you see some of these, these pieces come in. You see actual stable coaches come through. Of course, Jack Del Rio didn't last very long, but he's one of the best head coaches we had had for, for years through that, through that situation. So I see things like that, and of course, John Gruden coming back. Um, and, of course, just like how you said, uh, some of your first jerseys for me, man. Charles Woodson, uh, all-time favorite Raider, always will be. It's the only Raider jersey that I've technically owned. I mean, I, I've had maybe six or seven different ones. Never bought another one since then. Uh, I plan on maybe getting a custom one here soon. But, yeah, man, Charles Woodson, the silver and black, going through the dark ages. I'm living well in this dysfunctional relationship, and I don't regret a single second of it, Chris. Man, hey, I completely understand. I mean, they're really Raider fans. We're not in this because we're good every year. Okay, it's just whoa, whoa, wait. It's not the it's not the case. No, hold on. <laughs> not, not an obvious year, but <laughs> but uh, well, you know, it's not like these Patriots fans who one day when they're not good will realize that hey, everything's not peaches and cream every year. Yeah. But man, I, I have to say, if you weren't ex- completely and totally emotionally tied to the Raiders during the Tuck Rule. During the Saragusa blowing up Rich Gannon the year before that, um, or even a couple, you know, obviously to cap off that whole run when they lost Groot and then lost in the Super Bowl. If you weren't emotionally invested then, I just want to say congratulations <laughs> because those were some of the most painful memories of my childhood dealing with all that. Well, uh, see, I still remember the Tuck Rule night like it was yesterday, uh, exactly where I was and what was going on and um and then obviously the the year before that the Saragusa Gannon incident and the year after that when you know Gruden whooped us in the Super Bowl uh I'm glad that you weren't so <laughs> devastated like you would be now well I'm only 26 man so you're like four years older than me so you got you got thrown into it maybe just a hair too soon you needed to be held back just a little bit and dove into yeah. it during my time I wouldn't want my my kids to be like yeah I was as only mostly invested at a young age as I was but yeah. <laughs> I was only uh I was only nine during the tuck rule so it was one of those things like I mean it happened I remember it I was frustrated of course it was Charles Woodson at that time you know I had the uh the infamous uh silver 
alternate jersey that we never wore, which was weird. I don't even know why it was so oh, popular. Oh, you're talking about the one that was all silver with the black all, uh, yes. numbers? All oh, silver. Man, those used the... to be the thing back in the day. Dude, it was the baddest jersey. It was my favorite jersey. Actually, as of now, uh, I gave it to my nephew a few years ago whenever he went to his first game. And that thing was it was a little worn. You know how them, them Reebok jerseys get? They get a little worn at the numbers on the mesh. But, man, that jersey's still rocking. It's still pro- – I wish yeah. I – if I could buy one now, full-size, brand-new, Nike, all-silver uh, alternate Raider Charles Woodson jersey. I'd jump on it, man, just because that's that's a big part of my childhood. That's how I remember watching Raider games was in that bad boy. Yeah. Man, no, that's that's sweet. I remember uh, there was uh, a Charlie Garner and Jerry Rice silver one um, that I think my uh, my brother's friend had, and I always was like, man, we never wear those. Like I always <laughs> like to wear what we wore. If we were gonna be at home yeah. wearing black, I had to wear the black jersey. If we were on the road, I had to wear the white jersey. Like just how it was but uh yeah i definitely remember those haven't seen one in a minute though Me neither. definitely been a minute I'll, I'll send you a picture maybe of my, of my nephews give you a little recollection it was the old school you know the the c woodson you know what i mean not just the woodson yeah, i was in we had c. rod woodson. going through there too right right yeah definitely so yeah man that's uh that's our stories and we're sticking to it uh we don't usually share too much about ourselves we usually like to keep it strictly football on the podcast but it felt good to maybe let loose mm-hmm. let you guys get to know us a little bit so shout out Oli Raider for hitting us up on Twitter and asking us that question. We really appreciate that you even care, man. We appreciate that. And one thing I just want to say, Cody, don't ever let anyone tell you that just because you haven't been watching the Raiders for 25 or 40 (laughs) years that you don't know what you're talking about because that's an argument that's used a lot, but I know you know a lot about the Raiders and this football team and what's going on and football in, in itself. So don't ever let anyone get on you for that now that you've <laughs> exposed your story. So hey, speak. you know, I, I still got to, if you know, you could throw it at me. Go ahead, whatever, man. I, I got to pay respect to the to the OGs that have been around Raider Nation, you know, of course. Uh, you're not going to bug me with it. You're not going to bug me. Um, but I got to say that's, that's kind of why – we enjoy diving into this podcast, man, because we're like we've mentioned before, we're the younger generation of Raider fans. We have this luxury of knowing technology. And I think this is kind of the, uh, you know, of course, the, the next generation of Raider fans. So we're getting after it. We're trying to connect to them as best a way we can. And I'm fully confident. That's why we brought on a guy. That's why I brought on a guy like Chris and Kenny, because, you know, they're original, man. Uh, even though they haven't been around since the 60s or 70s, uh, they still bring that same heart. Just like Chris says, he loves the – he's a purist. He loves his all-black jersey. He loves his white jerseys on the away games. Uh, we love the authenticity of of just the Raiders themselves, the whole entire organization and brand. So it's one of those things, man. We might be young. You can try and hold things against us, but I guarantee you we're, we're trying to bring that OG mentality with us through the airways, man. You said it. That was well said, bro. But now that we're getting all emotional, let's get into <laughs> – let's get serious, man. Let's get serious here. We got – you know, we, big fella had a week off. Kenny King, he had a week off. So he's been stewing, man. I, he's been sending me text message videos. He's been sending me Snapchats. He's all fired up. There's been some rumors swirling. So I think it's time we get the King on the phone, man. You ready for some real talk? Man, I'm so ready. He's been prepping the timeline all day. He's like a volcano. He's ready to explode on everyone. Let's do it. Let's get this guy going. What's up, fellas? How y'all doing tonight? Pretty good, Kenny, man. What's going oh, on, dude? Man. Oh, man. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. You know, business is booming, baby. Business is booming. Yes, business sir. Business is indeed booming, bro. 
Dude. How lit are you right now? Talk, talk to me about when it went down, what your reaction was. Let everybody know. Uh, you know, when it went down, I got a notification on my phone that uh, that AB was a Raider, and I was changing my son's diaper, and I may or may not have thrown him in the air. Now, don't worry. I, I caught him. I caught him. I caught him. But, uh, yeah, his, his little chunky ass, got he got caught. If it was an Amari Cooper uh, notification, you would have dropped him, huh? Um, well, <laughs> Amari, Cooper, Amari Cooper drops more balls than a than a drug dealer with Parkinson's. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> Man, Kenny, but you know what, dude? This news dropped on us tonight. We're absolutely amped on it, but that's that's not why we're here, man. That's not why we're here. We got some business to take care of, Kenny. What are these swirling Kyler rumor, rumors that we can't seem to get rid of, man? What's going on with it, Kyler? You talking about Kyler? You talking about Kyler? I, I faked my height at the combine to show that I was five ten. You talking about? Hey, you talking about? I didn't do my workout at the combine because I put on an extra bunch of extra bunch of extra superficial weight just so I could make myself look like two hundred seven pounds. That Kyler? Oh man! Come on, man! <laughs> Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray want to be the next Baker Mayfield. He can't even be Baker Baker nothing. Come on now, get that boy out of here. Look. <laughs> Kyler Murray, hey, Kyler Murray will probably go number one overall, which is yeah. great. Him, him, and Cliff Kingsbury are going to have a great time in Arizona doing absolutely nothing with Larry Fitzgerald. But Kyler Murray is not going to be the quarterback of the Oakland Raiders. The Raiders are not shopping Derek Carr. The Raiders are not going to move on from Derek Carr. When when they talked about the Raiders were shopping Derek Carr at the uh, at the combine, all John Gruden said was he was in the market for a new vehicle. So they want to they want to come out here and try to say that they're shopping car for for what for what for who we don't get yeah. Kyler it's ridiculous man it's uh, come on man hey you saw you saw AB's reaction you know yeah. like love it for hey. side with Derek Carr dude this yep. was this Derek Carr is the future of the Raiders at the quarterback position and I I firmly believe that and I appreciate you Kenny being so passionate about it um, there's not that's not the only though quarterback rumor we wanted to talk about right uh cody oh yeah man we got uh got mr uh football johnny football what do you think about uh what oh. do you think about those rumors man you hear about those reports yeah i think i shut i think i shut down the reporter uh so bad that he blocked me on twitter because he got so <laughs> embarrassed that uh that i called his hot take a, a hot apple pie garbage slushy sandwich because that boy just that boy came out here with some some boo-boo like, oh, dude. He, like, probably, hey. he probably deleted his Twitter, dude. Uh, you know what? <laughs> hey, he deleted his Twitter. He put his head in the ground like an ostrich, and he hit himself because that, I mean, Johnny Manziel, come on, man. I would believe Kyler Murray over Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel ain't done a damn thing. He couldn't even make it in the CFL. He got banned from the CFL for, for illegal illegal use of contract. His wife got banned from, from whatever run she did because she cheated in the run. And now he want to talk about coming to the Raiders. No, we're not doing that. We're not playing that like game. A, what about as like a backup, like a competing for a roster spot type mm. deal at a, at a minimum contract? What about that? Look here, I would rather give Colin Kaepernick a chance to be a backup quarterback as as, as Oakland Raider than Johnny Manziel. I would rather give Tim Fair Tebow enough. a chance as a backup quarterback than Johnny Manziel. Wow. Okay. Here's my opinion. Johnny Manziel can suit up in the silver and black. Go Birmingham Iron, baby. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That'd be fun. I would watch, honestly, yeah. though. If, I'd watch if, it. Uh, I'd watch it. The, yeah, and that for – 
Hey, Birmingham was, uh, they have cool jerseys, but they took a tough loss today, I think, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. They, they have Trent Richardson, right? Yep. Mr. I, Mr. I can't hit the biggest hole right in front of me, so I run in the back of my Dude, offensive line. That guy has the worst screenshots in history of some of his plays, man. He's, he's just like absolutely oh, blind. Rich. <laughs> Look, T. Rich, I don't think T. Rich understands the game of football. Like, you see hole, you run through hole. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think he's like, he's like Mark Sanchez. See butt, run into butt. <laughs> you don't run into butt. Oh, my God. Oh, hey, man. remember when T. Rich Remember when T. Rich came to the Raiders and we were like, oh, man, we got T. Rich, okay? We're going to turn him around. You know, because yeah. you look at the Raiders and the, and the history of the Raiders is, you know, we, we've taken on castaways and, and, and guys that didn't, that didn't do well on other teams and we turned them into superstars. Well, guess what? T. Rich was just another, another dude that did nothing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That was I'll tell you what. It's, it's, it's rumors like that, that, that we don't stand for, man, Kenny. And that's why we bring you on for real talk. That's why we have these ses- sessions, man. You set the thing straight. We don't listen to these bull crap freaking analysts and guys that write these articles just for fun just for clickbait it don't happen no. man you, you don't no. get through raider cody podcast that easy man look, look let's 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 break things down for you okay so you had you had rich gannon uh his first year he had three thousand uh i don't have the exact number it was like three thousand eight hundred yards right uh 24 touchdowns uh i think it was 19 interceptions Derek carr last year under john gruden had four thousand was it, 59 yards uh, 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Won a 10-game stretch. 10-game stretch without an interception. Yep. That 10-game stretch was after we got rid of Amanda Cooper. So imagine, imagine what he's going to do in year two when he actually has a receiver that knows how to catch a ball. Yep. His number one receiver last year was Jared Cook, which, look, I'm not taking anything away, anything away from Cook. Cook was a beast. But if your number one receiver is a tight end outside of Travis Kelsey – then you, you, you really have to look at the team and, and look at who, you know, who you're working with. So now you add in, you add in AB, the most electrifying receiver in the game to, to a, to a team where you have a young quarterback who already has, who already has a relationship with him from the Pro Bowl. You've got, you've got a, a coach who will scheme that game to fit AB's style and you've got you've got a team that that really wants to win going into Las Vegas. So I think going into this year, I think we have a very good situation where, you know, where it is you don't want to add a bunch of you don't want to add a bunch of older players where, you know, you say we want to win one year and, and it be done. We want to win. Of course, we want to win now. But at the same time, we want to put pieces and we want to put pieces to the puzzle together where we can say we're going to put a team together where we're going to take this team. You know what? We're going to we're going to make ourselves competitive this year and then we're going to go into Las Vegas and we're going to be a very good football team for years to come. We're not talking about we're not talking about building, uh, you know, building a win now team like the Eagles did one year. We're talking about building a dynasty, you know, and, you know, and, and Gruden talked about talked a lot about following the Belichick model. And really what he's doing is following that Belichick model. We have number four, 24, 27, 35. We give a third and fifth for Antonio Brown. We still have $30 million in cap next year. Tell me what we're going to do. Oh, we're going to flip this franchise Man, around, I Kenny. Chill. I got chills right now. I'm so I'm even more lit than I was 10 minutes ago. I'm I telling thought you, I was on, on in seventh heaven, bro. So That's the stuff, man. That's I can't the stuff. Wait. Kenny, let me tell you something, bro. I appreciate you calling in. I know you got uh I know you I know you're with your family right now in Texas. 
I know you're you're doing it, doing big things in the man cave right now. I'm gonna <laughs> let you get back to your family, and I want you uh, for all of Raider Nation. Say what's up to your pops for us, man. We'll do, we'll do. I'll try to get him on for you guys. Yeah. All right, Kenny, bro. See you later, man. Kenny, you guys have a good night, you, man. Take care. And bam, Chris. I love the way Kenny wrapped that sucker up for us. This turned into going from a pretty good episode with a lot of hype behind it to a dang near perfect episode, man. It was a great night, long night, but totally worth it, dude. How pumped are you right now, Chris? I'm as pumped as I've been in such a long time. Like, yeah. you know, dude, you and I, man, and all, all everyone listening, we're Raider fans day in and day out, and we bring the, the love for the team, the passion. But there are not many moments like this. I can't remember being this excited about getting a player in, gosh, I mean, we might have to go back years and years. I mean, I was pretty lit when we got Carson Palmer back in 2012, (laughs) uh, 2011, I should say, midseason. I was obviously really stoked when we got Randy Moss. I was stoked when we got Jerry Rice. But, man, this is up there. And, uh I'm I'm so excited and and I'm so happy for this team and you know what, you know John Gruden he's not messing around, he wants he wants to win he wants to bring the silver and black back, and uh, I'm here for it. Yeah, these are the moments we live for, man. And it was a good show, like we've talked about, man. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Raider Cody Pod. Get tuned in for the game show. We had our second contestant come in. Um, and we're going to be firing these things up, man. We might have some emergency episodes on top of our, our regular Friday night stuff just to get in there and chit chat, get involved. Um, and we stopped taking call-ins, unfortunately, uh, we're getting a little too loaded here on content. Maybe for special occasions, we'll have, we'll have some questions popped off kind of like a, like a, like a mailbox here for you guys. But until then, make sure you're, you're following us. Keep up on our website. If you're not subscribed, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you listen to our last week's episode as well as one of my favorites with Amy Trask and Ted Wynn. No doubt it's up there in the charts. But other than that, as of right now, this one has holds a special place in my heart as we acquired AB84. And we're into this thing off on a perfect note. Chris, we'll see you next week, man. Later, Raider Nation. Let's go Raiders. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough. And the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you. So you can always depend on us. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.